Imagine a football platform where the world's best writers give you the real story about what's going on at United. Imagine no pop-up ads, no clickbait headlines and no ridiculous rumours to be let down by anymore. You don't have to imagine anymore. Meet The Athletic. No ads, no nonsense, just football. Visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand to start your 30-day free trial and get 50% off your annual subscription. The Athletic. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm in Cologne, Germany's fourth biggest city, and I've just crossed over the Rhine, walking towards the incredible cathedral in Cologne. Been here several times for football. Um, Manchester United played just up the road against Leverkusen in 2002. That brings pretty bad memories, actually. And several times as United have played here, in nearby cities, um, Leverkusen again. I can remember in 2013, but never in in Cologne in a competitive game. So this is the the first time here. It's totally unexpected, and it's been brought about because of the coronavirus situation. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to get one of the very few journalist passes, and I know that there's a few United fans here because I've spoken to them, and, and I'm going to meet them. And I just walked over over the Rhine and bumped into a couple of FC Copenhagen fans and well we'll see how the chat goes but it's looking like they're the perfect people I could have um, spoken to because I don't even know your name what's your name my name is Daniel so Daniel said to me do you know um, Casper and Casper is a United fan from Copenhagen and yes I do and he asked me if I know Matt and that's Matt Ford who writes for United We Stand and lives in Germany and and writes those articles about German um, fan culture and your role is sort of supporter liaison for FC Copenhagen well it used to be now I'm actually the head of uh, fan engagement in uh, FC Copenhagen and I'm here in Cologne for of course of course for the match and, and, and actually walking around the city as well like like see if 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 people I don't know uh, traveled here um, to to speak with them, chat with them, and and later on tonight uh, watch the game with them and, and just feel the atmosphere. So you watch the game. I in... watch the game in the city center. Right. Yeah. So you work for the club. You work for the club. I work for the club. Yeah. But you're a fan because I can see. I am. I am a hundred percent dedicated and very very uh, proud fan of FC Copenhagen. Yeah. yeah I, I must s- admit that. I can see you've not just sent your CV in because your your body is uh, covered. In FC Copenhagen tattoos. So tell me what they are. Who's that on the on the back of your leg? Well, that's uh, the biggest legend of all times in Copenhagen, a forward called Damendoy, uh, which is a um, player from Senegalese who's just stopped his uh, career in Copenhagen with um, a lot of goals and a lot of emotion to, um, in in that matters. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, a funny old story. So I have a, a picture of him on my on my leg. And so. these here? That's just a symbol of of our city. Um, with the stock exchange with the a beautiful girl yeah well pin up girl football lads the logo of the club lions yeah brick the balls and yeah that's just an imagination of Copenhagen there might be an image of FC Copenhagen and maybe you could say exactly the same to me about Manchester United that it's a tourist club that there are no lads but I've been there I've seen what the reality is like and it's absolutely supported by people from that city who follow their team home and away. That's 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 hundred hundred percent sure. I, I I can imagine that if 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 especially in in, in England and Great Britain in general, if, if if people speak with supporters from Celtic, for example, and they, and 
and ask the people who, who went from Celtic to to the stadium in Copenhagen for the for the last uh, not the last game but the the, the previous one before um, versus Copenhagen they would they would see an atmosphere in, in the stadium of Park in Copenhagen which is I think is way more crazy than they have ever thought um, and and the away game in Celtic uh, in Glasgow was was pretty much the same I know some some guys from from the area both both the white and green and, and white and blue guys and everyone says that uh, the away support from Copenhagen in, in the game in, in Celtic is maybe one of the best ever um, in Glasgow so um, so yeah we have we have very very um, big passion we have a lot of uh, love for both the club and especially also for our city in Copenhagen we're very proud of, of both and, and now we are here in Cologne um, with the team unfortunately we are we are not able to go to the stadium but but for me it's um, it's a very 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 big moment in our history um, very very big moment for the fan base for the club and for, of course for the for the for the city and and you can also say for for the country but but for the mainly for the city and and in and all the Lats as well. Your average home crowds are about 17,000 in the league. You get a lot more when you play Bronby. That's a derby I want to come and attend and write about. How many would you take to away games if you're playing in Aarhus or Aalborg? Or is it dependent on allocation? It's depending also on uh, time of the day, of course, uh, and weekday as well. Um, but I would say... Um, it depends also if it's very cold. Uh, that's uh, that's that's something we 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 have to, to have focus on in, in in Denmark because of the climate, the weather. Um, but in in I would say Aarhus, Aalborg, uh, between six hundred thousand to a thousand is is probably a, a very very known average. Uh, if I just if if I'm speaking truly honest, uh, and I am so so around that number. You've played 15 European games this year and you've been to some a huge variety of places from Wales to Serbia to Ukraine to Glasgow Sweden. and Malmo and Malmo just yeah. over the bridge yeah, that's correct actually Malmo for for Copenhagen and uh, and not I would even say more from Malmo's side Copenhagen is closer to Malmo than the rest of the 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 teams in the Swedish league are so that's quite of a rivalry and there is also a lot of history uh, combined to to that match uh, between the, these two clubs, but uh, I think um, I think people from Malmo looks more on how things are going in Copenhagen than we do the other other way around. I've even seen it saying that it's one city effectively. I know it's not. I know it's two different countries, but one urban area in terms of you can live in one and work in the other you can commute yeah, easily yeah you can yeah you can commute and you communicate and, and of course a lot of Danes are living in Sweden and a lot of Swedes are, are working in Denmark um, but I would say it's still quite different um, and and Malmö as a city it's 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 like every other common normal suburb uh, okay cozy town but not more, more than that so I spoke to your manager on Friday, Mr. Solbakken, yeah. and I'm, you're going to teach me how to pronounce his name properly because uh, Stale. Stole. Stole. Correct. And as I spoke to him, right, this is, this is how my job works. During lockdown, I had to look for interesting stories, and one of them was the anniversary of Barcelona winning their first European Cup in 92. And I spoke to a couple of former Barca players, and one of them said to me, our most difficult game by a long way was against Kaiserslautern. They beat us. They hammered us. 
So I've just thought, Kaiserslautern, they used to be a huge team. What, what's happened to them? So I checked. They weren't in the Bundesliga. I sort of knew that. They weren't in the second division. They FCK, were, that's quite interesting. They FCK, were fighting yeah. relegation to the fourth division. Yeah, I know. They're, so I thought, there's a good story here. And I spoke to somebody I knew at Chalco 4. And he said, because I remember him telling me he's from Kaiserslautern. And he put me in touch with players from Kaiserslautern. And they told me things like, it's the biggest American town outside the United States, which I never knew. Okay. Huge club and a pretty terrible decline for such a big club. And the most interesting of those players was called Biana. And he's a Dane and he played in the Bundesliga. He'd won the league, he'd played for Chelsea. And we spoke for a long time. And he said to me, you should interview Solbakken. He's uh, one of my clients. He's the manager of FC Copenhagen. He's really interesting. And in the back of my mind, I thought... That will be good, but I can't just do him for no reason, writing for a... So I was, I wouldn't say I was praying, but I was really hoping that your team would come back and beat Istanbul, and you did. Uh And that's what happened, and I spoke to him. And then he told me that, A, he's a lifelong Liverpool fan, Mm -hmm. and he could name teams from Liverpool, the entire lineup from 40 years ago. Really interesting man, talking about... I mean, he's been there 600 games. I think the United games is 601st. Very proudly told me that they've not conceded more than one goal in 33 European Correct. games. Correct. So it was really interesting it to is, speak to it him. Is, it is. And we don't know what the score's going to be tonight, and everybody listening to this will know, but I don't sense it's going to be easy. He was saying Man United are clear favourites, they're going to have the possession, we can't play our normal game. I also asked him yesterday about Varela, because yeah. he was at Man Correct. United. Correct. And then I told someone else that interviewed him, and he said, you should have asked him about Zuma. Yeah, correct. A former player, Zuma, yeah. And and he's, Zuma's a hero. Yeah, he is. Why? He's a, he's a legend. Well, Zuma was. He's a very, very big part of the culture and the club and the history in 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 just a simple way. He 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 made a very spectacular bicycling goal many years ago, nineteen years ago, and it was in a derby. And it was in that match which gave Copenhagen the first championship for like almost almost ten years. Uh, so he is like in person uh, a truly legend and also um, one of the first Fortune players who had a lot of success in in uh, in, in Copenhagen. So uh, so Suma is, is very special in in every heart of uh, of uh, club uh, officials and fans of FC Copenhagen. I met Zuma when he was trying to get first team football in Europe for the first time. He went to Bielefeld. Yeah, correct. And he was on his, on his way to to Arsenal in in, the, in years before that, but he stayed in Copenhagen and and he ended up in Bielefeld. I I'm a little bit sad in uh, on, on his uh, on his behalf, but but this is how it, how it, how it went. Um, but a funny story about Stole Solberg and and, and you you made mention Kaiserslautern and Barcelona and 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 the story about that. If I if I go ten years behind and I see um, look back to a Champions League game Copenhagen versus Barcelona also won FCK versus Barcelona, we had a very very interesting uh, couple of games in in the group stage in Champions League in 2010, and we actually in my opinion um, played one one with probably one of the best ever played teams in the world uh, the 2010 Barcelona team with Messi and uh, and etc. Um, and that's actually one of the main things about Stolle Solbagen. He he has uh, he has an amazing amazing vision on how to to attack these European nights, and uh, and hopefully we can uh, we can see something like that tonight versus Manchester United once again. 
You've mentioned the derby a couple of times. Describe the derby. Another lad. This is a true lad from uh, Copenhagen. Describe the derby with Bromby and what what do you say about them and, and what do they say about you? Oh, I hate to speak about them. I, uh, is, is it I, a class I, I, thing? Is it a yeah. geographic thing? Are uh, they the working class team? Are you? No, no? I, I, that's that's probably one of the things people think. Okay. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Bramby was uh, Bramby was the known team in Denmark years ago, uh, and was one of the first team to 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 bring the professional side of football to Denmark. Um, since the years has passed, Copenhagen has just become better and better and bigger and bigger and I think not to speak badly for, for, for Brandby but I, I think that they you know sometimes the the train is passing and you can you can step on or you can you can watch it uh, and that's what a, what what has uh, what has happened the last 15 years Brandby hasn't won a championship for 15 years and and Copenhagen is by far the most winning club in, in, in not in sorry not in Copenhagen but in Denmark in general. So, so it's it's of course the location of the two clubs. There is like ten miles between, fifteen miles between the two stadiums. Brøndby is a part of the suburbs. Um, you can say working class, but of course in Copenhagen we also have a lot of working class uh, supporters as well. Uh, I would say more the, the more fair definition is that Copenhagen is the capital's club, and Brøndby has supporters around all of the country. Um, so in that matter, I would say that's the biggest uh, biggest thing to mention that uh, that Copenhagen is 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 the club of the capital, and Brøndby has uh, the most supporters in in the rest of the country. The most famous Danish Manchester United player is Peter Schmeichel. What's the perception of him in, in Denmark? He's, uh, I would say he, there is a, a, a quite good one. Of course, he has a, a future, no, not a future, a, a past in Brøndby. Uh, but that's a very, 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 that's quite some years ago. But uh, of course, he's a legend, a part of uh, the 1992 European Cup. Um, so of course he's a, he's a truly legend in in, in every single way, uh, and every Dane has to respect what he has uh, done for Manchester United and, and especially for the national team. How are you feeling about the game against Manchester United and when the draw was made? Honestly, I was a little bit sad actually. Uh, first of all, I thought when when we when we draw the club from Istanbul, I was quite sure, I'm quite I was quite sure that we had a chance actually. Istanbul was a team with a lot of old players, uh, and I I was quite I was quite satisfied actually. Um, I, I wished that we would draw Istanbul or Lask like United did um, but we, we got Istanbul and we, we beat them and now, now it's Manchester United if I must be honest I, I hope for something different because of course I, I, I understand football as well um, but there is a chance and, um, and I would say the chance is, is pretty much in in, uh, in of course it's it's it's, it will be tough and it will be difficult, but but I will see the chances are the same like in 2006 in Parken. I'd like to thank you for your time. Appreciate it. I'm in Cologne, and we've spoken to the FC Copenhagen fans, and I knew I won't have to wander far to find the Manchester lads with uh, Scotty, Dirty Neck, Barmy Kev, and Pubby. You go to the match, you'll know exactly who these people are. These are legendary figures in Manchester United's fan base, apart from Dirty Neck, who's only been got a game for two seasons. <laughs> and who's got, who's got a Norwich shirt? He's wearing something which looks like a Norwich shirt. So, we're outside a pub. Um, we're in a nice square in Cologne. It's, uh, it's a beautiful hot day. I wouldn't say it's really, really busy. 
and this will hopefully be news but Dean Alden will become Bristol City manager Dean's a good mate of ours and he's a Salford lad and he's a cracking lad and he's a big Manchester United fan and Bristol City fans aren't, aren't that impressed because they think they should have been getting I don't know Mourinho or Ranieri or whoever and they've got Dino so I was telling some of the lads about Dean who will give his absolute everything at that club and it's a big club they get average crowds of 21,000 and Scotty heard this and told me about a trip he made to Bristol City when they were last in the Premier League that would have been 1980-81 oh 77 alright so you went to Bristol how did you get there from Manchester I hitched it from Manchester to Bristol and Bob Russell from the Daily Mirror picked me up on the way to the game. Where? Somewhere on the services, on a, a junction, no idea. So but you were a youngish lad, yeah. Bob 16. And, and Bob Russell took you to Bristol as a journey. Took me to Bristol. And said to you, I'll give you a lift back to Manchester. This is when United was banned. We weren't allowed to go to Bristol. Right. So we were banned. So he said, so, and he said, I'll take you home. But Stuart Houston broke his leg and it was about, I had to sit there for about an hour and a half. Then Bob Russell. Bob Russell's taking me home. So he says to me, he's taking me to Heel Green. I thought he said Peel Green, I didn't have a clue where Heel Green was. Anyway, when he takes me to Heel Green, he takes me in a Bonington's pub and buys me a pint. And that's when I met Gibbo from Wivenshaw and that in that pub. I think Pubby was there, but he can't remember because he's older and his earrings going. No, I've had the pint, but I thought Bob Russell said Pew Green, which is Echo Salford where I lived. Why have you come here to? Um, why have you come here to Cologne? So let's play, you know. Roma Madeley, we'll be there, we'll be there. No lockdown here. What was the first time you went away with United? Uh, Sheffield United, Lou Macari, 1 0, second division. Right, 74. What about to a European game? Uh, I done my own. Well, first of all, I went in 78, 79 on tour. Ended up in jail in Hamburg for two well, weeks, a month. Or can you not really say publicly? Oh, just being a nuisance, I was young. Me, Renault and Beef together in the jail. And, uh, so the police got you together and basically said you're being a nuisance and we're going to jail you. 28 days. We were getting beat 4-0 and we're getting back. got your bullshit in there. Dirty Neck. You're on the podcast, Dirty Neck. What was the first European trip you did? Ostend. I'll send in, what year was it, Puppy? You went on it. 74. Was a friendly. Yeah, it was still a European how, trip. How did you get to Ostend from Manchester? I got, it was £6.20 from London to Ostend. And I got the national bus, I think it was about, I don't know, pound or something in them days. Or something. First division when we got relegated, John. Sorry. See, you got your bullshit in Why have you come to Cologne when the game is behind closed doors? If the game was on, I'd still be in this fucking... <laughs> And I've done it, Altmar, wait, wait, did we play this year? I never left the pub. Altmar was it. Mm. I left the ground in that Kazakhstan place at our time uh, to go back to the pub. When I ate your, Benny Nelson ate your hamburger. You ate me hamburger. You ate me hamburger. Wait, how was, how was watching yeah, United away in Europe changed over the years? Did it used to be a much rougher affair? No violence. 
or not afternoon, really? Well, so to be honest with you, oh, when you say over the years, I'll find you. I'll find you know. From the seventies to the eighties to the nineties, right through the car. Well, the seventies was just a fucking Vikings. The eighties was organised. The nineties was nearly the end of it. The two thousands has finished it. That's 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 how I I got it right. Andy, I was never a hooligan. Right. I was never a hooligan. I was a United supporter. Just you had to go with hooligans in them days, so you didn't get your head stove in. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Did you ever get your head stove in? No, I never once. Oh, well, I tell you, I got a crack of a West Ham fan. Then Tevez scored when they won one nil. Me and um, your mate, your mate, what was he called? Dave the Rave, blonde-haired Dave. Yeah, me and him have been in the... Well, yeah, we've been in the Frost and Flesh, me and him, we've got one absolutely smashed. We've not been in the ground, we've watched the game in the telly, and we're walking back where the old, you know, the old white city was. Yeah. And we see all these West Ham fans coming down with piss out of our heads and all like, all right, lads, how are you doing? And next one's going, all I see is little tweeter birds going around my head. Dave the Rave, that's not yeah, a name word for a bit. Yeah. Raver, if you're listening to this yeah. in Wivenshaw, yeah, yeah. I've only half forgiven you for pissing on my new night trainers on the way to Brighton away in 1992 <laughs> when Beckham made his debut and Danny Wallace scored a brilliant goal. Raver, that is not a fair thing to do on a man who's urinate on his white trainers. Hubby, what was the first European game you went to? Uh, I think I think it was Zorik Grasshoppers or Young Boys of Burn. Pre-season friendly, itched it there. How did you hitch it from where to where? Like Withenshaw. Like that. Right, so you stand on the motorway in Withenshaw and you put uh, your foot no, you out. made your way up to Chester Road in Altrincham on the bus. Yeah. And then you hitched yeah. up Chester Road, up the, the main road to the M6. Then we just hitched it all the way. All the way down to um, Dover. And then you get on the boat get and then the you, boat, you hitch it on the other side. Hitched it on the other side. Holland or, Holland or Belgium or then through to... Cologne, down to Frankfurt, down to Munich, and all the way down to um, whatever it was. Down there. First time I came to Europe was with you lot in the, well, with you lot in the nineties in in a van. And I remember, um, I remember seeing the the, the mini minibus and seeing the the sign Ausfahrt for exit. Oh yeah. And I was thinking. This is Everyone like the biggest city. Right, well, I just thought this is the biggest city I've never heard of. It's like, it's now bigger than London and it just, it just, Everywhere just in Germany, means exit. This town you could get there. And that means. Um, There's a better one though, and that was about 19. Um, oh, about 1978. And we were, we were like grafting, and we went to a place that Leeds, and Leeds were playing at somewhere like Alkmaar or Nijmegen, pre season friendly. And we saw all these Leeds fans and we said to, and they said to us, it's shit here, it's shit here. There's only two bars, but if you go down the road another two miles, there's another town called Centrum. <laughs> another town called Centrum. And there's girls there and bars and places to eat as well. And I thought to myself, I'm not educated, but I thought, where are these ones from? <laughs> That's genuine. Um, we'd go in a minibus owned by a lad called Tony Vase who, who comes on this podcast a couple of times a year and remember pre-season 95 United played in in Dublin and then played in East Fife in Scotland and we headed over we went from Manchester and we had to we had to pick up someone in Wivenshaw and we pulled up outside the pub in Wivenshaw and the lad we were picking up came out the pub and said, I'm having a bit of a trouble. He was having a full-on fight and he wanted us to join in, um, which, we, which I did, certainly didn't do. And then we went to Dublin and we had to get from Dublin to Scotland. And we've got a lot of people who listen to this in Ireland. So you'll know the way we went. We crossed over the border. 
and Tony took the wrong turning off the I think it's the M1 or M2 motorway in Belfast and it was it was a um, he was wearing like army fatigues and it was it was a British registered van and we turned onto the Falls Road and it was at a time when there was a silent protest going on because of the political situation there and I don't think I've ever been as scared in my life driving down the Falls Road in a, what looked like a British army van with a man wearing army fatigues at the front of it. And we got away with it and we carried on towards Scotland and lived to tell, tell the tale. Um, the irony is that Manchester United would have probably been very popular on the Falls Road. And we took a lad with us from, from Dublin and he'd never been to the north before and United played in Portadown and we got a train that time and he was so frightened he was frightened and and these lads are talking now about past pre-seasons and stuff like that and there's probably there's probably 20 or 30 United fans over in Cologne 93 we played at Dundalk and it was a tournament it was Manchester United Dundalk Everton and somebody else and it was a two day tournament we went there on a Saturday night and we, then we went to a hoedown in a barn at about quarter past nine at night and everyone was bouncing off the walls doing all this country and western dancing, stroke Irish dancing. Went for a way, quarter past nine, three blokes in army fatigues came up to us and he said, right lads, you're going on the train now back to Dublin. You're in bandit country and the last train's half nine. Put us in an old Range Rover, drove us to the train. He said, you're better off lads getting back to where tourists go you're not in the right place after half past nine at night I went everybody loves us they all love us he said the ones who come in later won't love you you're going on the train and they wave goodbye to us and they were the garda plain clothes stuck us on the train yeah me, Gary no um, about four of us we didn't get it we were going to stay the night so you were on the border I mean in bandit country across McGlen now in Dundalk yeah well it's, it's a border country later on he said all the locals will turn up the men they won't like you being here so they took us all the way to that train station wave goodbye we have, we have loads of people listening to this in Ireland and we've just done the subscriptions to the um, summer special and it really intrigues me when I see the addresses because you can see people living in Derry, London Derry, call it what you want, and living on different sides of the community and both subscribing to United We Stand and living in very different areas, only a few hundred metres um, apart. And you, Manchester United support in Northern Ireland, it transcends all areas of, of the community. Massive um, the support there. Your family's from Mayo? Well, bought, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was born in Manchester, but Irish descent. I always remember, I did, I did Paddy Curran's book, and Paddy would go back to Donegal, where his family originally were from, even though... Paddy was born in Glasgow. He thinks he's Irish, but he's not. He's British. And he would cross the border and young British soldiers from places like Wivenshaw would say, well, Paddy, Man United, were big United fans. And Paddy's uncles would be disgusted that he would be speaking to young British soldiers, obviously because of the they were coming at it from very different um, viewpoints. There's three ladies walking past who are from Cologne. I'll see if they'll speak to me. Excuse me, I'm from Manchester. I'm recording a podcast. We're from Manchester United uh, supporters. Can I just... Um, I, I'm recording it now. Um, we're, in, we're in your city and I've spoken to some people from 
um, Copenhagen. There's a few people here. And you're walking past with the famous Cologne shirt on. And I'm, I'm meeting a young man called Podolski on Wednesday. And he's going he's to take me to his kebab shop. He told, he told me he has five of them. So could you tell me what the current state of your club is at the moment? And, and are you aware that the Europa League is taking place in your city this week? Absolutely not. We no. were on a wedding and uh, the, the shirt was required. So you, you're, not, you're not even Cologne fans? You, you, just ha- you got told to wear the shirt to the wedding? You're a Cologne fan? Yes, yes, yes. And you're from Cologne, all of you? Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about your city to people listening to this in, in Manchester or in London or, or Dublin or Belfast or Cross Maglen? I think we have some of the most friendly people. Open to everyone. Yeah. You're open to everybody? Yes. 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 If you go into a bar alone and you sit somewhere, it won't take an hour and somebody will sit with you and ask if you want to have a beer. Yeah. And that's perfect. How does that contrast with Dusseldorf, where I'm staying for these <laughs> few nights? And why are you laughing at that? <laughs> um, no comment. No. <laughs> I think if you go into a bar in Dusseldorf and sit there alone... You'll stay alone. <laughs> You'll yeah. stay alone. Nobody will ask if you want to have a beer. So you're saying that people from Cologne are more down-to-earth and friendly? Definitely, yes. And Dusseldorf has this reputation as being a snobby, richer city. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Snobby yeah. and rich, yeah. And... So you're not, you're not FC Cologne fans, so I was going to ask you about the goat on your shirt, but you don't know the story behind why you've got a goat on the shirt. Because <laughs> I hear about this goat in Cologne, and I wanted somebody from yeah, Cologne to it's tell us. It's the hennas, of course. It's, yeah. Oh, hennas. I don't know. You can visit okay. it in the zoo. It's yeah. living there. Yeah. yeah, and it's like hennas the ninth, ninth. Yeah. No idea, but um, you can visit him. Have any of you been to England? Yeah. What yeah. do you think of it? Where have you been to? Don't say London. Cambridge. Right. Cambridge. <laughs> it was li- wonderful. The so. little village where no tourists go to. <laughs> yeah, just for uh, studying. So um, it was wonderful. In, you studied in Cambridge? Yes, for the, uh, not so long. But, at the university? Uh, yeah, St. John's College. Right. How long for? Uh, just a few weeks. It was some kind of um, exchange. exchange and um, it was absolutely wonderful. And... Um, I have to say we broke some rules playing soccer, football on the grass, which was not so good at all. They were very, very angry. And um, then we had to leave. Not because of that, but we had to leave. You know that grass is like hundreds of years old. Yeah. And you know, you know they've stopped cutting it this year to let it... Yeah, yeah. And I, for myself, I didn't play with them. I was just watching and waiting. And it took them like two minutes to catch everyone from the grass and put them away. So, You know they've let that grass grow naturally this year for the first time in hundreds of years. So that you couldn't play football on it now even if you try. Maybe you're the reason why. Maybe. They've let it turn into like a summer meadow. But Cambridge, it's a beautiful place. It's not a bad university. It's quite good. It's like the 112th best in England. Yeah. Uh, So you were quite intelligent. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. I wouldn't say this myself, but... What uh, were you studying there? German language and literature. Right. I don't know what to say to that. Can't speak any German at all. It was a pretty open exchange, so, yeah. We were uh, from different... um, different 
Sachen Kurse. Uh, different studies. So quite a mix up. What's your perception of, of England, of Britain, of, of English people? Be honest. Is it good? Is it bad? I think it's good. I think it's good too. I mean, polite. Yes. I love your tea. I just English love tea. it. Yeah. Yeah. Family there, so I only can say I love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you ask British people like German, they would be complimentary as well. Seriously, I think they they like coming to Germany and they like the German people, and there's a, a lot of similarities there. And we certainly like um, we like coming. So we've come here for the football because. Manchester United are playing here and several other teams are playing here but you've just told me you don't know anything about this competition and if it wouldn't be Corona this place would be full of football fans as it's happened it's it's not been um, whatsoever Um, I'd like to thank you for your time I can now see that you've been to a wedding because you're holding some roses yeah, yeah, I catch the bride. So who was the bride? Let's make her famous then, in England. Oh. If she's ever single again and wants to meet anyone oh, we hope from England. We hope not. Uh, she's one of our best friends. We went to school with her. She's absolutely beautiful. And yeah. she has one of the best husbands she can get. Definitely. What they called? Her name is Nora. Yeah. And um, that's all I'm going to say. Thank you. <laughs> it's very nice to meet you. Thank you. So I left everybody in the centre of Cologne and I took a tram out to the stadium past some really nice suburbs full of bars and it was a hot summer day and it's pretty busy even though there's the coronavirus going on. A lot more people were wearing masks in Dusseldorf than in Cologne but I think inside every building everybody has to wear a mask as I did when I went to the stadium. I met a a friend of mine who works for a big German club outside the stadium and he told me about the current situation in the Bundesliga and how they're trying to get fans back in the stadiums and it's difficult. Ultimately, politicians will make the decision, but they need 15,000 fans inside their ground, which is a fraction of their normal support uh, to make it worthwhile. So these are obviously difficult times and he was telling me all about Cologne as well and the size of their club and I mean I know the club who are huge I remember being a kid and loving a player called Pierre Litbarski who played for Cologne and probably loved him because I saw him once on TV score an amazing goal and I had a pair of boots Adidas Litbarski I'm sure I did I'm sure these existed I don't know what attracts you to a player when you're so young and I went into the stadium, and again, it was as weird as you'd expect it to be. Um, Copenhagen played pretty much exactly as I expected them to do, and it's a case of Manchester United needing to break them down. Copenhagen started the better as a team. United were pretty slow in the first half, got better in the second half. Players looked tired, went to extra time. You know what was going on. There's no point in recapping through the whole game. And then Bruno scored a penalty. Manchester United have had one or two penalties this season. You might have heard about it. And through to a semi-final against Wolves or Sevilla on Sunday again in Cologne. And the final will be in Cologne as well. So it's weird. You sort of think if fans were allowed, this would be a brilliant city. Everyone would be in the bars down by the Rhine. But then the European tournaments are not played on a knockout basis where all the games were in one city normally so totally unusual 
circumstances and it's not even in the local papers here. I know newspapers are not the only barometer but there's very little chatter on uh, around about the games being staged in this city. It's, they're, they're, they are ghost games in more ways than one. But United through the semis, third semi-final for this season so that's encouraging but wouldn't it be great just to to win the competition. Third of a few fans coming out for the semis, the final, but what is it realistically? It's coming out for a few days on the beer in another good German city and I think we just all want fans to be allowed back into uh, the, the, the stadiums. Um, Oli Gunnar, after the game, complimented the people who needed compliments in. Uh, Copenhagen's goalkeeper was, was excellent, made several brilliant saves and it was interesting, one of the, the Copenhagen players, the captain, is a Manchester United fan and Ollie was caught on camera um, praising Bruno after the Copenhagen play was saying thanks for what you've done at Manchester United. And that wouldn't have been a conversation which would have taken place in, in February when the mood was, was very different. So go through now to the, the semi-final. I'm not sure what we're going to do for the, um, the next uh, podcast, but... I quite enjoyed speaking to the fans on the street today and I wanted to do something a little bit different and, and, and give credit as well to the people who, who travelled but I was quite glad that I met Daniel, the, the Copenhagen fan and, and the girls as well and of course the boys from Manchester. The Summer United We Stand is now out and it's on sale in the usual newsagents uh, apart from Easton's in Ireland which we explained last week but you can order copies. We're going to do one mail out per week now. We, we, we're not Amazon. We can't mail out every day. We run a small but efficient administration. And you can download the mag as well on, on the iPad. And cheers for the support of everyone who has supported what we're doing. And thank you also to the sponsors of this podcast, The, the Athletic, who we do with a partnership. Uh, I did a soul backing interview for The Athletic. It's a big in-depth interview and I've contributed to a big piece on Bebe and what actually happened to him when he was at Manchester United and that's also on The Athletic at the moment uh, myself, Laurie Whitwell and several other writers are doing loads of in-depth stuff on The Athletic and as we said at the start of the podcast you can get a free 30-day trial if you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand and if you support that and you try it and you like it then that's great and it makes sure that the Athletic supporting this fanzine uh, and the, the podcast is worthwhile as well. Until the next podcast, goodbye.